Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you again today for your spirit, for the word of God, for every person who's here. And we ask that you would give us the word for the hour, the message for this time. Lord, thank you for uh, utterance now in the Holy Ghost, boldness to speak your word. May each person receive what they need for today to help them to live for you fully and to walk in your highest and best. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, well, uh, last week we began a new series of messages called Taking Off the Limits. Taking Off the Limits. If you missed that one, you need to get caught up. You're behind. It's the new year and you're already behind. <laughs> so go ahead and get back there and uh, you can get the CD or you can get online and listen to it for free. And uh, get caught up to us. It's important that we have this attitude and this mindset going into this part of our lives uh, for what God wants to do. It's great, man. It's mighty and it's powerful, and we need to be ready for it. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. 3.23 says, uh, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. How are we to do everything we do? Heartily. Or as uh, another translation says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Now how many know who he's writing to here is saved people? Not talking to the world and saying, come on, just work a little bit harder and then God will love you, then you'll be forgiven. None of that nonsense. None of this earn your salvation. None of this work for your, uh, your place with God. Doesn't work at all. Talking to people who've already come into the kingdom. They've been saved by grace. By the very grace of God, they've come in. But he says, this is the attitude with which you are to approach everything that you do. You keep the Lord in mind. You might work for XYZ company and think you just serve your time from 9 to 5 and punch in the clock and, or whatever you do. He said, but you don't just work for that company. You work for me. All right. And this is the attitude, the mindset all of us must have. If you're self-employed, whatever you do, you work for God. You work for the Lord. The effort that you put into it, the degree of heart that you put into it is being watched by Him. And this is how we do it. With all of our hearts, not with part, not with not half-hearted, not with I'm biding my time until I get to what I really want to do, not well he's a jerk to me so I can cut corners, not well they're not paying me enough and so you know big whoop-de-doo if I take a few extra things here and there. No, everything we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Okay. And this is how this is to conduct our behavior as Christians. Okay? We are to do everything we do heartily or with all of our hearts. Some try to serve God and seek him half-heartedly, and that really doesn't work. Having a relationship with God, there's something about it that just doesn't work unless you sell out. When the, when, the, when the scripture said in Romans 10, uh, what we use most of the time in praying to be saved, said that you know, if, you'll con, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. 
you know, it didn't say that if we confess with our mouth that we'll, you know, take under consideration everything the Lord says and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. That we'll ponder everything that God says and then make a good quality decision as to whether we're going to obey or not. Really, when we all got saved, we made a pretty dramatic confession. We confessed the Lord Jesus, the boss, the man, the head honcho. We said, Jesus is Lord. And by doing so, we basically committed our lives to him. But that's how salvation works. That's the only way to really live for God and experience what he wants us to experience. Not, I'm just going to test the waters. Now, you may be here today testing the waters, and I understand that. If, you've never, if you're not saved, you've never been born again, you're paying attention, you're listening, thinking, hmm, okay, I'll consider this. You're thinking about it. And there is that process, but there comes a point in time. If you're not there, I pray it'll happen with you today. But there comes a point in time where we know. It's like, man, this is right. God is dealing with me. I need, to, I need to receive this. I need to get right with God. And when you come to that point, that's when you, get, you stop fishing your toe around in the water. Now it's time. Go ahead and jump in. Okay. Now you're saved. You've received all of God. But that's the only way to live for Him and make it work. It just doesn't where people are unsatisfied. They are miserable when they're trying to be in a little bit, out a little bit. Okay? And, and I was remembering the, uh, uh, you know, Indiana Jones. You know, Indy. And, and I was remembering when he was, uh, you know, one day when he was out looking for the Holy Grail. Remember that? You know, from history in school. <laughs> Anyway, uh, when he was out uh, looking for that, he got to the end there, and, and he had some obstacles to go through, and uh, you remember the blades came down, and he had to, he had to kneel <laughs> in order to get through those, and there was all these challenges, and he came across, he came up to that point where there was a big uh, ravine, like a big canyon, and he had to get to the other side, and it's way too far to jump, and he comes up to that, and it's just, what is he going to do? And he's looking at the clues and trying to figure everything out. He determines he has to take a step of faith. All right. And so what you, you, if, you, if you saw the movie, you remember he, he kind of put his foot out like this or like this. And, and, uh, and then he's, and he goes, and he lands on what appeared to be an invisible bridge because it was made of rock and it looked like all the other rock it was there the whole time he just never he just couldn't see it but how many know he had to uh, he had to make a commitment to do that and what he was doing in his mind man if that thing's not if something doesn't happen he's toast okay and and the same thing is true uh, in our lives when our in our walk and relationship with God there's got to be a this i'm stepping over onto him I'm not, go, I'm not going by what I see and feel anymore. I'm going to go ahead and throw myself completely over onto God's promises and His Word and live for Him the whole route. Okay? It's very similar to the, the commitment or lack thereof that people do with marriage all the time. How many know today in our, in our times, many people approach marriage like this? In other words, or they're hanging on to a rope or something. They're going to take the plunge, but they know in the back of their mind, 
man, if, if just in case this is the wrong decision here, in case, man, it doesn't turn out like I really expect it to turn out, I can turn right back around and get out. Many, many people go into marriage with that mindset, and guess what? They're going out. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, how many know, if you're married, you know this. It doesn't turn out exactly like you thought it would. <laughs> Is there anyone? And, and it, everything in, in your marriage, it was exactly what you hoped and dreamed of. <laughs> now, things are just different. doesn't mean bad, but there are challenges. And the person who's, who doesn't fully commit the whole route and cut off any opportunity of going back, the person who doesn't do that, they're going to have an opportunity to go back. The first time a challenge comes or things get hard or expectations are not fulfilled, they're out of there. And because so many people do it, it seems more acceptable. But with that, with our relationship with God, we need to be committed to go the whole route. It's like, I'm going to live for God from this day forward. I'm going to be married for this day forward. And come hell or high water, we're staying. Here we go. And, and thank God with the Lord, there's no hell. <laughs> I don't mean there's never a rough day or a, or a tax that come against you, but, uh, I mean, he's always good. He's always love. He's always full of goodness toward us. And, and so this is the approach. When we talk about taking off the limits, a lot of it starts right on the inside with us doing everything heartily, doing everything completely uh, from our hearts. Let me give you a, a few scriptures that you may not have time to turn to uh, just so you know that the Bible uses this terminology. Jeremiah 3.10 says, And yet for all her treacherous uh, for all of this, her treacherous sister Judah has not turned to me with her whole heart, but in pretense. Do some people turn to the Lord partially? Yeah, they do turn to the Lord, just not completely. And what they do turn to Him with is kind of fake. It's a put on, man. Just, they have a false front. They're coming to Him in pretense. That doesn't work with the Lord. It just really doesn't. How I many know we can fool people sometimes? We can put on the face and, yay, sit on that saved face that I love the Lord face. And, man, don't be messing with that. With the Lord, none of that stuff works. He's looking at the heart. Whole heart, half heart, pretense heart. Jeremiah 24, 7 says, Then I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. How do they return? With their whole heart. Maybe you've been away from God. Maybe you're, you're here today and you just showed up with a friend or maybe you just showed up. Maybe you saw us on TV and thought, I want to go check that out and see if it's for real. And, uh, and you've been away from God. Here's what the Lord accepts. You want to get in good with Him? You want to have a great walk with God, not be a religious weirdo? Serve Him and come to Him with your whole heart. Everything. Don't leave anything aside. When you give it all to him, you've got it made. Oh, you're about to crude have some fun in life. Woo. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and if you seek me, let me say that again, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Well, what if I seek him with half my heart? I don't have any indication that you would find him. You might just keep looking and searching and not knowing. After a while, you won't even know what you're looking for. Just feel, man, there's something missing. There's something lacking in my life. I just don't know what else I need to do. Seek him with 
all of your heart. He said, you will find me. You will find me. In, uh, uh, in Acts chapter 8, and let me just say this while I'm there. Whenever we approach God, we do it on His terms. This is just, it's just part of the equation here. You can't change it. Go on His terms. Sometimes people want response and they question why I prayed and nothing happened. I did this and it didn't seem to work. Don't be so sure that you did it right. I mean, we don't want to be so arrogant as to say, well, bless God, I went to Him and He should have done something for me. Do you really think that you know everything? I, I don't. And if I'm not getting results, my first response isn't, why did God not do it? It's like, what do I need to adjust? What do, how do I need to think different and do different so that I will get the response I'm wanting? People approach God with pride sometimes. They're demanding that God move on their terms. He was first. <laughs> he was here before you. He, he's the creator. Now, he loves you and gave his only begotten son for you, but he still has a certain approach that we must use. Amen. Like, uh, uh, well, uh, you know, Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. Now that's true whether we like it or not. I know nowadays people get so politically correct and it's not, it's not acceptable to say that he is the way or he is the only way to get to, to the Father. But listen, he said it. What are we going to do with that? Is it, it's either true or it's not true. If it's not, he's a liar or a kook. But if he's not... And he's, if that's not true, then he's right. And no matter how many, how unpopular it becomes in the, in the world and in media and in the culture, it's still true. And so our response to that determines whether we reap the benefits or not. Okay? But we can't fall into in the crowd, in a group of just trying to mix everything together and make everything okay. Make everything right. We'll just add this and just like you're in a, you know, putting a cake together, add a little bit of this, add a little bit of this, and, and pretty soon, you know, you get something. With the Lord, He's the only ingredient. You don't mix Him with anything. You don't add something else. It's, and, and, and someone doesn't come to the Lord and say, I'm just going to add a little Jesus to my life. You don't add a little Jesus to your life. You give your life to Him, and He gives you all of Himself. It's a covenant. It's a trade. He gets all of you, and you get all of him, and we get the good deal. I mean, we got the best end of that deal. But that is the way it works. That is the way it works. I remember hearing a story uh, some years back about Billy Graham being in a particular meeting that he did in another country. And in this big stadium of people, he preached his evangelistic message so very well. At the end, he gave an altar call to invite people to receive Jesus. And he had people stand up and it, that wanted to receive the Lord. And to his surprise, basically everybody stood up. Practically, I mean, thousands and thousands. Everyone in the place stood up to receive the Lord, and it took him back. Not in the sense like, woo, yes, oh, he had a home run today. We got the whole stadium saved. But he didn't believe it. And so he, he sat back and thought uh, what was happening, and he had everyone sit down again, and he changed his altar call, his salvation message, and he said, 
this is what I'm talking about here. You would like to receive the Lord Jesus and Him alone. And you, were, you are choosing to, you would like to renounce every other God. And every other religion and, and symbol and, and belief that you have in your life. And receive Jesus alone as your Savior and Lord. The people that stood up then was a lot less. And what he found out was basically what the people were doing there. They were just adding Jesus. So many of them, they, did, they believed this and this and had all these kind of different religious things going on in their life. And they wanted to add Jesus to the mix and, and just go, okay, now I'm a Christian too. You're not a Christian too. You, 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 it doesn't, doesn't work that way. He becomes Lord. All right. And we take the plunge. And we give him our lives. And then we live for him. And we get all that he wants for us. But we can't again just be adding him to the mix. In Acts chapter 8. This is part of this. Again you can just write this down. Acts 8.37. This is when Philip. Um, he, he went up and sat in the guy's chariot with him. Started preaching to him. The guy was reading Isaiah. And he explained it to him. And, and the the guy there wanted to get saved, Philip said to him, because uh, then the guy said, look, there's some water over there. Can I get baptized right now? Can I, we, we just go down there? I'll go in the water. We'll get baptized. And, and Philip said to him, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's Acts 8.37. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I just find it really interesting how Philip responded to him. The guy wanted to get saved, man. He wanted to get baptized in water. He said, well, you believe with all your heart? Not like, woo, got another one. He questioned the guy first. Well, I'm not just going to baptize you. Let's find out where you're at here. You just, just, you just having an emotional moment here? You just moved because I explained this so well? Or do you believe with all of your heart? He said, if you do, getting good. Let's go let's get in the water, buddy. We'll get this done. But so many times I think we have an approach. That if we just believe a little bit, no, give him everything. Is this making anybody nervous? All right. If you're acting nervous out there, I'm going to hit it hard. All right. This is the way the kingdom works. Don't be afraid of, of giving everything and all of your heart and submitting it all to, the, to Jesus' lordship. Man, that, that's the best life you can ever have. Talk about a trade, man. Woo. Matthew 15, 8, Jesus said, These people draw near to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. It's possible to have the right look, to learn the lingo, to look good on the outside, but not, not have a heart that's fully sold out and committed to, to the Lord. T turn with me to 2 Kings this morning, 2 Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2. We're talking about taking off the limits. How much we get of God's power and provision is determined by what we do. It's determined by what we do. In 2 Kings chapter 2, let's read over here in verse 8. This is Elijah speaking to Elisha. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them 
crossed over on dry ground. That's pretty good, huh? And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Now, Elisha wanted double. He didn't get rebuked for that. He said, I want twice as much as what I have. You're not going to get rebuked for that. That's perfectly acceptable. But notice he said, this is hard thing you asked. Is that hard with God? No, we know it's not hard with God. But obviously, it was hard to receive based on what he was ready to do to get it. And of course, the, the obligation, the requirement here, he said, it's a hard thing, but if you see me when I leave, you can have it. Now, that could be a challenge. I mean, you think about it, you can't hardly even look the other way. I mean, if I see you when I leave, I mean, I, what if he's got to go to the bathroom? Hold it, man. Because it's up to you whether you get this. How I many you see this? It's not up to the Lord. He didn't say, well, I'll talk to the Lord about it. If he gives the okay, you can have it. No, he said, if you see me, it, it's, it's depending upon, upon what you do, whether you're going to get double or single. You can do the right thing. And if you see me, and you know, a lot of people, that's, a, that's too big a commitment. It's like, Elijah, man, I have a life. I mean, I got things to do. You, you expect me to follow you every step of the way and not miss a beat and pay attention to everything you do and keep my eyes upon you fully until you leave? Well, that's, that's the qualification. If you want it, you'll do it. If you don't, well, you won't get it. But again, here's the point. What he gets is not just up to the Lord. That's not up to God deciding how much he gets or where the limit is. It's up to him to take off the limits by a proper response to the word. Now, 2 Kings 4, just real close there. Of course, you know what happened. Elisha did get it. He was there, and because of his commitment and determination to see Elijah go, he got the double portion. And I haven't studied this in particular to line it all up, but I've been told by someone else who did that all the miracles that were in Elisha's life was exactly double of what Elijah had, of what we have written. And uh, he, he got double, which produced double the results. I don't know about you. I like double results. But do I have the commitment to do what I need to do to get it? That's the question. Not, does, will God let me have it? Yeah, he'll let you have it. Will you do what it takes to get it? 2 Kings 4, verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my, take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And, and she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. 
Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from uh, from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you you and your sons live on the rest. What was the limitation of God's provision? It was only limited to what she could gather. There is no indication at all that God would have ever run out of oil. The oil would have kept flowing and flowing if she could have gotten more. Now, obviously, she got enough to take care of her need, and that was the goal. But think about it. We understand the principle here. What if she'd have got more? More oil would have come. It only stopped when there wasn't enough room to contain more. There is no limit to God's resources. There is no limit to His supply and what He can do. The only limitation is on our side, is on our end. I have no reason to believe that she couldn't become an oil tycoon. I mean, if she she could have got more and more and just kept getting more and built some more and did whatever she had to do to get every every, uh, vessel on the face of the earth, she would have been swimming in oil because it would not have stopped until there was not anywhere else to put it. And... I believe these principles bear out in our lives that the only reason God's resources stop because there's something where it doesn't have a place to go. There's somewhere on our end where we've shut off the supply. Now, how many vessels will God fill? Again, however many we gather. You remember last week we were talking about uh, in Psalm 78 how Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. Okay, uh, they they tempted him, they limited him, limited him, and it, it's just an amazing thought again to think that we could limit God. Well, can't God do whatever He wants to do? No. We're not limiting what He can do in and of Himself, but again, we limit what He's able to do in our lives, and this is where we've got to start busting out. We've got to start breaking through some ceilings, busting out of any limitations that have, that have held us back and kept us from receiving the fullness of what God has in our lives. Now, uh, I know in the aviation world, uh, you have different classes of, of, of uh, pilots. Some of them are called visual pilots, and some of them are instrument pilots, IFR, VFR, okay? What, what a lot of that means is uh, if someone is a, uh, a visual flight rules pilot, they are only able to go certain places uh, when weather conditions are not, you know, allowing them to go further. In other words, they have to see where they're going, just to put it real clear. And if there's, if there's uh, uh, some bad weather, if there's a bunch of clouds, they're not allowed to go through them because if they can't see where they're going, they're not, uh, they're not trained to the point where they could adequately get that aircraft to a place to land or where they're going. They could easily turn upside down and not even know it, okay? They could run into a mountain and not even know it, not, not even know it. Uh, and so what they do is um, 
sometimes, and you know this, our weather, you will see certain ceilings. All right? And you might have a ceiling at 5,000 feet. And what that means is, uh, you know, a visual pilot can still fly. They just can't go up through that ceiling. They're not allowed to go through that where they can't see. But if someone becomes an instrument-rated pilot, what they can do is they're not limited to what they can see. They can fly by their gauges. And ceiling? What ceiling? Huh? They just say, they look and say, okay, I know what I'm doing here. I can fly through that. I can get to where I, I need, to, need to be. And so they have far less limitations placed on them as far as traveling from one place to another. They don't have to see to get there. Now, when it comes to our Christian life, same principles are true. Many times, we're only able to go where we can see. And the limitations we place on ourselves is if I can't see it, I can't go there. I can't believe it. I can't walk in it. But there comes a point in time where we need to up our training. We need to, we need little, uh, we need to get instrument rated so that nothing in life can hold us back. So that we can go where we can't see. So you don't look like you're doing too well. Well, let me check my instruments. I feel like I'm uh, in a 40-degree turn here. But nope, I'm flying straight. Are you listening? And that's, what, what is that called? It's called walking by faith. It's called walking by the Word. When I make the Word of God my instruments, I'm going to believe those more than what I feel. Right? I mean, uh, sometimes what can happen is, uh, Brian, when a pilot gets up in in clouds, uh, what's that called? Spontaneous disorientation. And they can be flying straight as an arrow, right? And it feels like you're banking 90 degrees. feels like you're going a totally different direction. It's not true. Flying straight. How do you know? You got to go by the instruments. You have to believe them above what you see, above what you feel. And a lot of the limitations that we have on ourselves in life, in life is simply our feelings. I don't feel like this is going to work. I don't see this. I don't see how this is going to happen. I don't see how. I mean, I got that. The doctor gave me this report. I don't see how I'm going to make it. You can't go by your, what you're looking at. You've got to go by what the instruments tell you. And if you've got an instrument that says that you're healed, I suggest you go with that. Because if you don't go with that, you're going to crash. In other words, uh, you're going you're gonna to hit something, okay? And it's not going to turn out like it's supposed to turn out. And so we cannot be limited by these ceilings that are above us. Let's believe the word and go through. Sometimes, limitations in our lives, how, how, how can they come? There's different ways that we are limited. Um, one way is it happens while we're growing up. And people are told, sometimes by parents that you're never going to amount to anything. They'll say, say things like, can't you ever do anything right? And if someone grew up hearing those things, parents, by the way, don't you do it. Don't you place that ceiling on your kid. Okay, learn better. If you've been doing it, repent and change right now. Let your kid have a future without you being a hindrance. All right? Sometimes people do those things that not knowing. Because they were brought up that way and they're doing the same thing. It's not that they don't love their kids. They're just ignorant of how to parent. Okay? 
but maybe you grew up that way, all these kind of limitations were put on you, that could be a reason why you've been limited in your life now. Because there's still that barrier in your mind that keeps you from excelling, keeps you from going, more, going further and doing more things. All right? uh, sometimes uh, people have limitations in their minds and in their lives because of just their own life. Maybe they've had some shattered dreams. Maybe they've had some things happen to them that, man, they didn't expect. They kind of ran them over, blindsided them, and now they're, they have fear. They have things that they just can't get through, and so they can't ever press into having a great marriage. They can't ever press through and, and, and have a, a successful business. They can't ever press, press through and have some of these things. There's a limitation in their own mind, and it may be by your own experiences. It's not like it's somebody's fault. We're not, that's not, not about that. But we must start reading the gauges. We've got to start believing this and flooding our minds with all things are possible. Flooding our minds with I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Flooding our minds with the limitless possibilities that are in us in God. Okay? And that will serve to change us and remove those, those boundaries. Uh, another way that, that, that people um, limit are limited and therefore limit God in their lives is simply because they need to grow. Okay? When we look at, at at children, we know that when a baby is first born, they can't get from A to B, point A to point B. I mean, they may want to. They may, you know, look over and see something they want, but they're just not going to get it. <laughs> Unless somebody gives it to them, they can't get over. But after, you know, just a short period of time, they'll start figuring out how to move around a little bit. And they'll, uh, sometimes they'll find, after a little while, they'll learn how to roll. And they'll roll across the room to get what they want. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they're not exactly traveling high speed or uh, being very efficient with their time and energy, uh, but they'll get what they want. But as they grow, they'll learn to crawl, and, uh, and before long, they'll be walking, and after a little bit longer, they'll be able to run and jump. And, and, they, and what, what is that? The limitations are placed on them. I mean, they're, not placed, they're just a part of who they are. There are limitations, but they're removed through growth. And likewise, and through maturity, likewise, sometimes people are just limited in what they can have and experience and, and, and some of what they see in other people, they're not experiencing themselves. It's just a matter of sticking with it. You stay in that place, renewing your mind, stay walking with the Lord, and there's going to come a time not too far away where you're able to do things that you weren't able to do before. Okay, but we can't look and say, I don't understand it. How come God won't let me walk? You're, you're four months old. <laughs> it's not that God won't let you walk. Be patient, little Jimmy. <laughs> and uh, it will happen. Trust me, you'll be walking soon. And then sometimes when in walking with God, it's just a matter of sticking to it, getting in the, in the game, and being faithful to what God has given you, and then you'll be able to walk. You'll be able to run. You'll be able to jump. You'll be able to do some things that you weren't previously able to do. And so whatever reason there are for limitations, I'm telling you there's a way out. And there's a way where we can stop limiting God in what He's able to do in our lives. Let me give you one more scripture this morning in closing. And that's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And verse 12, 6:12. Here's the Apostle Paul writing to the Christians at Corinth. He said, you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted 
by your own affections. Not restricted by us. You're restricted by yourself. You're restricted by your own affections. And see, this is an area that we must understand. It's something that we can change and we can adjust on our, our own, for our own selves. I don't need God to change and unrestrict me. The Lord is not restricting me. The Lord's not holding you back. The Lord's not keeping you in a small place and he's keeping you in a small place so that you can learn for a while. The Lord has opened everything wide up. Fast as you can learn it, fast as he'll give it to you. Fast as you can receive it and believe it and walk in it, it's as fast as he will make things available to you. All right. See, what happens if we don't have this mindset, we get into idle mode. I'm waiting for when God's going to do something for me. Too many people wait for decades. Well, God's going to do it. I believe God's going to do it. But what has he done? What has he opened up? Is it possible that I'm restricting him by something that's in me? And that's where I need to clear things out. This, this verse is uh, written this way from the message paraphrase it says dear dear corinthians i can't tell you how much i long for you to enter this wide open spacious life we didn't fence you in the smallness you feel comes from within you your lives aren't small but you're living them in a small way i'm speaking as plainly as i can with great affection open your lives Live openly and expansively. He's talking about living limitlessly. Don't restrict what God can do uh, in your life. Let's open our hearts and be. Say, say, that's kind of th theoretical. I realize it is to some extent, but it has to do with a lot of our thinking. It has to do with our approach to the Lord and what He has to give. It's a matter of when He gives us something to do, He says, hit the ground. And how many times are you going to hit it? Come on, when he says gather vessels, how many are you going to get? It's that approach. When he says something to do something, are we going at it half-hearted? Yeah, I'll go ahead and get it done. I'm kind of busy. I'll get to that shortly. I mean, as soon as things clear up for me over here, then I'll begin to operate in that. As soon as I can get this taken care of, then I'll be able to give my time and energy to that. That attitude never gets there, Okay. It's, it's, like the person, uh, it's like the person concerning uh, giving and tithing. And uh, sometimes people say, as soon as I get this paid off, as soon as I get this raise on my job, then I'm going to start, uh, you know, I'm going to start giving, I'm going to start tithing. And no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to do it. Yes, I am. No, you're not. It just doesn't work that way. Okay. What, what, where this stuff comes from is from who you are principally, from the heart. Even if someone, listen, and this is all bonus material, hope you enjoy this. Even if someone has a really good, solid income, you know, maybe making a few hundred thousand or something a year, a tithe to them is the same. Because how many know you learn to live on what you make? As far as how much coming in, I mean, if you were living at $30,000 a year and you were making it 
and then later you're, you have 60000 coming in, you'll find within a very short time, you know how to spend 60000 And you're like, how in the world did I ever make it on 30? And then it go, if it goes up to 100000 you'll learn real quick how to live on $100,000. You'll just up everything, and it'll be real easy to do, okay? And for the person who makes a lot of money, you know, a tithe is still a tenth. What it takes at any level of income is a heart commitment, it says, I'm not doing this because of a dollar amount. I'm doing this out of principle and that I want to honor God and I want to give to Him. That's the only way decisions are made because there's always going to be a challenge to anything you do. Come on now. Everybody listening to me. See, I think the Lord wants me to get involved in, 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 get involved in this certain ministry. If it's God and you say yes to do it, don't think there's not going to be any challenges. There'll be opposition. There'll be temptation for you to give up and quit. There'll be, op- there'll be reason for you to figure out a hundred reasons why you can't do it. It's not about whether you can or can't. It's about whether the Lord has said and whether we have a heart that says, I'm going to do anything He wants me to do. If He says strike, I strike. If He says gather, I gather. No matter what He wants me to do, I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to do it with all of my heart. And it's going to work out somehow. If he says build a big honking church and have lands and buildings and facilities and it it costs millions of dollars, we're just going to do it. Why? Because he said so. Yay. And I'm not going to limit him because there's a cloud. I'm not going to stay at 3,000 feet because there's clouds at 4,000. His word said go to five. Here we go. We're going to five. Going to six. Going to seven. Come on now. Amen. Oh, praise God. He wants us to go far and do lots of stuff. Let's take the limits off. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. Thank you for your, your direction, your help, your leading, your guiding in our lives. You're doing great things for us. And we are glad. Lord, we just purpose in our hearts today, oh, to remove any limits, any boundaries, any hindrances whether they're from our own doings, from a seed someone else planted in our minds that we can't do it. Lord, we choose to believe you today. As the Apostle Paul said on that ship in the middle of the storm, I believe God that it shall be even as it was spoken unto me. Lord, we believe that what you've said, you are faithful and just to perform it. And if we can't see it today, we don't know how it's going to work. We say it's going to work anyway. If we don't see it today, well, we will see it. Lord, we we trust you. We take you at your word. Thank you for the abundance of your provision in every area of life. Lord, for those today who are struggling, those who are under the gun financially, under the gun in relationships, things are just not working out. Things are not going real smooth. I pray even right now that you'd help them to look at the instruments. Help them to look at your word and your promises and what you've committed yourself to do on their behalf. That you are a God of peace and prosperity and victory in every area. Lord, we lay hold of that now. We thank you that every good gift comes down from above. Comes down from above. Lord, I believe that even now as we're speaking, good things are coming down from above. The angels, the heavenly hosts, ministering spirits are out on the job. They're going. In fact, go, ministering spirits, go and cause the resources of heaven to be made available to the people of God. 
to us who have been called sons of God, children of God. Make it happen. Father, we thank you for helping us to remove the boundaries, remove the barriers. We're no longer going to say, I don't know, it can't be, it's not going to work. We say, it is working, things are changing, the provision is flowing, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you for your help today. You're a good God. We honor you. We bless you. We bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Father, for those who have come today that have never been saved, they've never been forgiven of their sins.